Well, there's something about this team playing Toronto in 2020 where it's chippy, emotions are running high, there's late magic, and it ultimately ends 2-2 in a DC United draw. But it was it was a feel-good game, especially at the end. And guys, we have to talk about Griffin Yow. Are you kidding me? What a goal. I guess Sam Am wants to participate to in today's show. Fine, we'll let, we'll allow it. That was an amazing goal. I'm gonna come in hot too, but yeah, yeah no, I'm so excited that he got that goal. It was such a great touch, and we'll talk about it. I thought he was playing great all game. I was so excited to see him get that get the start. Right? That no, feels he's, like he's so long on. ago. He's yeah, he's on. On. You're right, you're right. A lot happened to DC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and, and I believe that that's his first MLS goal, right? I, I think mean, we saw so, him yeah. score against Batiste, Batiste yeah. uh, last last summer, which that feels like decades ago at this point, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it was a good start for DC United tonight too. I mean, we we heard all week, you know, that it's just been so long since they've had first half goals, and and seeing the stat, which I, I don't have in front of me, but it was it was a bit jarring. It wasn't terribly surprising because we felt it right. I was just yeah. like, it's halftime, we're losing, we still can't get on the board. Fifth minute, we get on the board. We yeah. get on the board, <laughs> and it's a great way. It's a great way to go into the game. It um, is. I mean, second minute we had a shot, which was. Yeah, phenomenal it, to see so it, was, it, it skied but uh oh, it was not on goal but it was a shot no, we'll take it yeah and I think that throughout portions of this game we'll get into it in a lot more detail um later on after we uh, hit up the press conference but I, I thought that there were portions of this game when we were really on the front foot and this was not a phenomenal game by any means but it was a very like good decent game from DC United and it's it's been a while since we've really seen that so it was very refreshing you saw the talent on the field um and you saw what this team could do yeah, I, I, it, to me, it's it's just this game felt like progress. We, we've been talking around progress for a little while, but this game felt like actual meaningful progress. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we had good buildup. We had good chances. Um, you know, it was really unfortunate to see Abu go down. Um, that was pretty heartbreaking. Hard tackle and, and an important tackle for him. It was, make, yeah. Um, yes. He it, looked like he was in pain. Oh, yeah, you could tell. Um and, and I hope he's okay. I hope it's nothing too serious. Maybe just one of those, you know, deep bone bruises, which is what Steven's been out with for a Plaguing little while. This team this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a little bit ridiculous when they would pan up to DC United's little injured area in the stadium because they basically had their own area, right? Even in a full stadium, they would have had their own area, so... And it became a, a, a Griffin Yao stand section. It did. I mean, oh my I, gosh! I, I made the I made the joke, which I probably shouldn't have, but like Paul, don't tear your other ACL cheering. <laughs> you know, you love to see how excited the whole team was. And yeah. Kevin ran over and was was thrilled. Yeah. And, oh, I love those moments when you can see the relationships among and between the teammates, and and you could see. I mean, uh, Yao was pointing up to him. Paul was clearly very fired up you can tell that there's like a very close relationship there um and i love to see that they got to celebrate that moment together even though paul wasn't on the field um and then even afterwards everyone was running back into the lineup you know uh yeah and pray days were having a moment together obviously like the two youngsters um so it's just great to see i think yeah, I, I'm happy with the result tonight. It, it felt for a long while uh, when it was 1-2 for what it felt like most of the game um, that, that DC United was on the wrong side of uh, of the result. They, like, they played better than yeah. a 1-2 loss, I felt. Yeah. Um, Westberg had a good game. Uh, he was fortunate a couple times. Uh, Assad hits the bar early and after you know he, after he calibrated a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it, it was we'll talk time. about that for sure tonight. <laughs> Um, it does look like we're we're getting ready to hear from Coach Ben Olson, and, and we'll be receiving word here in just a few moments um, of, of which players we're expecting to hear from tonight. Um, but we are live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Uh, obviously, we're down uh, a man tonight. Michael Black is on vacation. We hope he's having a good time and, and watching. But um, it looks like we're ready to go to the press conference. We'll send it to Coach Ben Olson. Um, after another injury. Uh, I thought, you know, I'm just super proud of Griffin. I'm, I'm super proud of, you know, Moses. I'm super proud of Kevin. You know, I thought all three brought really good energy to the game. And, uh, you know, Griff is, uh, Griff has really grown this year. And, and last year we, he was fairly stagnant as a player. And, 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 uh, this year, I think he's really committed himself to, to being a pro 
and he's got a lot of uh, really interesting qualities. Uh, but one of his best qualities as a player is he just seems to be one of those players that gets real chances and smells chances and, and uh, is, uh, you know, 20 yards in, uh, he can manufacture things. And he's a, uh, uh, so tonight, um, it was, uh, again, it was him kind of smelling where the ball was coming. And, uh, and then he you know, did, did a great job of uh, seeing the play out. And uh, it, it's a great result for us. <clears throat> it really is. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of him. And, you know, g gave up, a, 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 I think, a, a soft goal uh, on the first one. You know, we, we got to do better there. And, and, again, Donovan's growing as a player, but he still has some moments where, um, you know, you see some youth and, and uh, that's part of his development plan as well. Speaking of another g young guy, uh, but overall, a lot of good performances on the night. I thought our, our structure defensively was uh, in particular the first half before uh, Abu's injury uh, was, was good. I thought we frustrated them and limited them to uh, very few big chances. Uh, yeah, they had some shots, but most of them were outside the, the box. And um, and then in transition, the first half, I thought we were uh, we could have been sharper. Uh, there were times to uh, punish them, and, and we didn't. We let them off the hook, whether it was a, a shot from 50 or, uh, you know, guys not playing the simple ball on the break. Uh, so uh, overall, it was good. And then second half, again, another guy goes down uh, who Abu has been playing at a really high level, and he, he's helped us quite a bit. Uh, over the last few games and uh, that hurts. And then the game was choppy and we had some young guys on. Uh, we figured it out though, I think towards the end, our subs did great. I thought Pipa had one of his best nights with us. Uh, some, you know, uh, good service and, and good tempo to his game. And Sorga came in and, and gave us a chance or two. Thanks, Ben. We'll go to Pablo next. Pablo, go ahead. Hey Ben, um, a couple questions. I wonder if you have any um, ideas to the extent of uh, Mobu's injury yet. And additionally, uh, Ola obviously was brought to the team as sort of a proven MLS goal store, but kind of by all accounts got out to a pretty slow start. I'm, I'm curious what you think his prospects are this year and if his goal tonight you think may give him a little shot in the arm that he needs. I, th I think so. You know what? You know, when you're a goal scorer, you know, it's it's what you're judged on. Uh, and, you know, Ola's been, you know, doing for the last month, uh, he's been doing a lot of work for us on the defensive end. And he's sharp tactically. So he, he really understands and, and uh, helps us on the defensive end. But, you know, again, when you, when you buy a forward to come here and score goals, that's still what you're going to be judged on. And it was great to see him. Uh, you know, get rewarded uh, with good pressure and, and, and see that play out. And, and yeah, you know, as a, as a goal scorer, uh, I, I was never one of, one of them, but uh, you know, when, when one goes in, uh, I think that goal looks a little bigger each time. And uh, I think hopefully this will uh, give him a little bit more confidence in front of the net and uh, see, see some more plays out. But as I said before, we got to be better as a team to get him, more looks than uh, we've given him over the last month. You know, it's it's been far, uh, few and far between the chances he gets. And if he misses one, then it's, uh, so we, we, we got to try to get him two or three a game. Penny, then just on, on a booze injury, do you have any ideas to the extent of it yet? Sorry. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the mechanism or the, the way it went down, I, I would guess that it's an MCL. Uh, you know, you, you almost, you hope for an MCL because uh, when it comes to the knee, that's probably the best case scenario. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get a scan on it. And, and uh, it was a it was a brave play from him, but some you know the power uh, of the uh, the strike and and uh, I think his knee gave way a little bit. So we'll we'll see the extent of that. Thanks, Ben. We'll go to Emily Olson next. Emily, go ahead. Hi, Coach. Uh, first of all, it's been a uh, a while since this team has scored early like they did tonight. How does it feel to be able to come into the game and get that goal? And then a quick follow-up to that. Can you describe a little bit more how Pippa changed the game when he when he came in? 
Well, I don't think it was necessarily just people. I, I, I think, you know, again, it was we, we, we changed tactics to, um, you know, put, put their backs under a little bit more. And, and Kevin and, and uh, being wide, uh, when we came in, he was more of a, a second forward. Then we pushed him out wide left and let Griff go a little bit higher in his natural spot. And so we were able to get pressure on them. And uh, I, I think overload the wings and that, that freed up Pipa. And, and when he's available and uh, kind of <clears throat> overloading on the left, overloading on the right and, and, and staying a little bit higher in the attack, uh, he, uh, he, you know, he's a dangerous player. Uh, some of the balls that he switched the point of attack on were, were pretty special. And uh, the, the one that leads to Eric's chance Eric Sorgas' chance from Griff was a was a great little play there, and so yeah, he just brought quality. Um, he brought he always brings a, a little bit of a different look, and I was happy that he stayed higher. You know, when he comes in, sometimes he he comes and plays a little lower, and uh, we asked him to kind of trust our midfield and, and stay a little higher where he could do some damage uh, offensively and get near the goal, and uh, he did a did a great job coming in. All right, great. Hey, Ben, I think Emily had a two-part question. She asked about scoring early. I'm not sure if you could Sorry, Emily. I'm tired. I'm tired, Emily. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, it was just – it has been yeah, almost we, exactly we scored, a year yeah, since we you scored, scored in for We scored two goals out of run of play, and uh, it's been a, a little bit since we scored two goals as well. So uh, that's good, and that helps. And uh, I think from attacking standpoint, the last two games, we've created much, uh, um, quite a few chances. And – and that, that's a, uh, you know, that's a positive. Again, the, the structure that we're in with the four back is a little bit more natural to us. And I think you see that in some of the relationships and how we can, um, we can get at teams. Uh, it's, we still are a work in progress and we're still down. And, you know, now another guy. And, and it's a little bit of a war of attrition this season, uh, in particular for us. And uh, I'm proud of the guys to, you know, keep their spirits uh, high and, be able to grind out a point tonight when you know it wasn't a wasn't an easy night. Things didn't go our way, but we hung in there, and the subs did a good job. First half was great. Could have been up 2-0 at your meals chance. It was a really good chance off the bar. A little bit unlucky. Um, so overall, we'll, we'll take the point. We got a, a, a quick turnaround with in Nashville, <clears throat> who is a, a good team for expansion. Uh, squad and then back here against New England. So it, it's a long weekend. It's going to take everybody, but we'll start to get hopefully Russell and Steve back in this. Jordi um, Reyna, we'll, we'll see how quickly we can bring him into the fold. So points like this during this time um, go, go a long way. Thanks, Ben. We'll do two more questions. Jason Anderson, you're up next. Go ahead. Uh, ben, thanks for taking the time. Uh, obviously, you you played the diamond last week. You seemed positive with a lot of what you saw from that. Tonight, you switched it up to the flatter midfield. What went into that choice? One was personnel. Uh, one was, you know, uh, another reason was the, the there were there were some tactical uh, defensive issues. I think with the diamond, uh, in particular against uh, Toronto. So we wanted to flatten out that midfield a little bit so we could deal with their <clears throat> wide overloads. And for the most part, I thought it was pretty effective. Um, they're scary down the right, you know, uh, Larea and Piotti, super speed, you, you know, uh, dynamic. You saw some of the trouble they posed us over there, but we hung in there. Um, and then again, with that kind of box, you know, it, it was flat defensively, but, you know, it, offensively at times it looked like a box and, um, I thought we did a good job of finding Yamil and Julian in those pockets and, and releasing our forwards. Uh, so again, talked about some of the decision-making when we did find Yamil and Julian or uh, a forward and, and we were able to release. Uh, we didn't always make the, the, the greatest decision. And I, I thought if we did that more, we could have had more of the ball and uh, more sustained possessions and, and made them work a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's that's my, my my sense. Kevin needed a rest as well. You know, we, you know, when you have a young kid like that and he's playing this many minutes, it's a lot on a young body like that. <clears throat> so, 
there were some signs at his knee and, and some tight hamstring the last game that we it wasn't the smartest thing to push him 90. Thanks, Ben. Last question, we'll go to Jimena. Jimena, go ahead. Coach, I appreciate your time. Uh, do you have a preference of chats being taken from outside the box? One more time, Jimena. Do you have a preference of chats being taken from outside the box? Do I have a preference? Um, yes. Well, I will say offensively, I prefer that our shots are inside the box. And, um, or, uh, and then defensively, I prefer the opponents to shoot outside the box. That would be a, a, a perfect scenario. Great. Ben, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Classic Ben Olson there to, to wind out the press conference. I, <laughs> listen, guys, we're, we're expecting to hear any minute uh, from, from Frederick Briant as well as uh, goal scorer Griffin Yao here. So I'm really looking forward to, to hearing what the players have to say. But if Ben obviously covered a lot of ground there. And, mm -hmm. and the two things that stuck out to me is he, he went as far as to say it. The dude's tired. Uh, the, this team's put in a, a, an awful lot of work over the past few weeks. It's been busy. It's been hectic. And this team is battered. And, and losing a boo again um, is, is frustrating. And hopefully, you know, Ben Olsen, medical doctor, was trying to <laughs> diagnose him on the spot there. But I, I'm with him. Hopefully it's an MCL and, and, and nothing, you know, more serious because th this team can't really handle too many more injuries at this point. Yeah, I mean, it was really rough to see. I was surprised that Ben even ventured a guess. Um, I will yeah. definitely be uh, just waiting for that announcement. Hopefully, yeah, it's, like, not too bad. Again, I'm hoping for, like, a bone bruise or something that doesn't yeah. actually, like, require surgery and extended amount of time out. Um, yeah, I don't know. He did cover a lot of ground. It was interesting what he said um, about Iguain having his best game so far um and i didn't necessarily see that i didn't think he maybe it was for, for the coaching you know that that ola goal looked a lot like the one people scored in orlando where he rips the ball i think off of omar i, I don't know i'm just joking around yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to figure out a reason for that i i don't think people was necessarily great when he comes on we play that weird just like get the ball in the best player's hands or, yeah. or feet uh in it, soccer but <laughs> It's well. It's one of those things. I mean, I guess we saw it. We talked a little bit about it. Pivot was not happy with Joseph Mora, you know, for for a run he didn't make, you know, late in the game. And and I think that's that's one of the pieces that's just invaluable with a guy like him on the field. Of like, not only is he frustrated, yeah, he when, understands, right? But then he's immediately in their in their in their head saying like, "This is what you needed to do. Do that yeah. next time, right? Yeah. Because instead of me kicking the ball out of bounds in frustration because I'm out of space, right? I can make a a, a pass that's going to put us in a position to score a goal. Yeah. I think we saw that a little bit too. There were a couple times um, when like uh, Toronto had the ball really deep and we just weren't pressuring them. And it looked like had we like made that run towards them, we maybe could have gotten the ball, but instead it was a little bit of just a jog to like go through the motions. Um, so I think that there were definitely opportunities for us to have been um, on the front foot a lot more. Um, but I, I think we did have our chances. Um, yeah, in one of the notes that I was I was taking, you know, really right before Griffin's equalizer, was it it felt again in a way a little bit like the last game uh, against the Red Bulls, where the, the attack just kind of fizzled out in the second half a little yeah. bit, and, and I don't know if that's a result of just so many changes with all the substitutions being made. And all jokes aside, DC United typically doesn't change players a whole lot in a game, and, and so to do it, you know, five times with regularity in the second half of a game. Um, I, I don't know if that's part of the reason why we're seeing things fizzle out a little bit, but yeah, the no. first half, whole half, you know, there, there were shots going. You're, you're absolutely right. I think that does say a lot to like what these players are going through and what they're experiencing, um, being without what you would deem our starting lineup. I mean, basically yeah. all the players who are injured right now would be in the starting lineup. Um, but I think that it just shows it more, right? Because Ben's not somebody who's known to be making most subs all the time. Um, he's known for making really late subs. So the fact that he's using all five really says something to what these guys are doing, which, I mean, honestly, the fact that he used all five tonight, we were still able to come out um, and look pretty good in that first half. And then kind of at the end of the second half, um, we got another little spark in us going forward. So I think that says a lot. Um, and it's probably going to give these guys a lot of confidence going into the next game.
Yeah, I, I think all the subs made a difference tonight. Sorga looked really good when he came on. Yeah, uh, maybe not as active in that lull of the game that you were just talking about, but uh, towards the end, I mean, he was the only people who were 100% for shots on target were Eric Sorga and Griffin Yao with two for Yao and one for Sorga. The rest of the team is like, I think Ola was three for one and Rivas might have been three for nothing. Uh, We had some shots, though, right? We were creating chances and getting in front of the goal. We had like 14 shots or 12 shots tonight, which is a complete change of pace than what we saw, what, two, three games ago? Yeah, and and we do need to talk about it a little bit. I mean, you and I were were talking a little bit during the press conference there, but... And it looks like we are almost ready. Uh, we're bringing the camera back up, so we'll be we'll be getting to Fred Briant here in just a second. Um, but but after Fred speaks, I'm going to want to talk a little bit about the striker situation on this team. Obviously, the team bringing in uh, another option, which we'll we'll talk about here shortly. But Ola Kamar gets on the board tonight, but. I, I don't know. He might have been the third best striker that was on the pitch for, for the black uh, and red tonight. So I, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I'm excited uh, you, for that conversation. Yeah. If, if you're listening uh, at home uh, and, and you're in the YouTube chat or you're, uh, you're uh, live on, on Periscope or tweet at us using the hashtag tried and true DCU and we'll send it now to Frederick Briant. Uh, he came in and he bring, uh, you know, um, good energy like he did, you know, the, during the, the tournament. And uh, it's all the time good, you know, to have this kind of player who came in and bring energy, uh, bring good spirit for the team. And, um, you know, with the, the young legs, they are ready to, uh, to run, uh, especially when it's the end, of, the end of the game, the other team become tired. And, you know, uh, this kind of player brings something, something special to, for the team. And, uh, yeah, he did a very good game today. And uh, I'm very happy for him for, for the goal. He deserved it. Thanks, Fred. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hi, Fred. Thanks for taking time with us. Um, obviously, down in Orlando, you guys had another 2-2 draw. You yeah. scored uh, the late goal, obviously, again today. It seems like every time these teams meet, this is how it goes. It's a tie with a late goal. Um, what is it that's happening between DC United and Toronto FC? Is it just a coincidence, or is there something between the teams that allows this to keep happening? I think it's just a coincidence, you know. Um, today, we were, I think we were good. Um, the the organization was good. Uh, we conceded two goals for me. Uh, it was too easy. Uh, we didn't give them um, too many chances. But in the end, we conceded two goals, you know. And um, one more time, we show a good mentality, good fighting spirit, and and we uh, we came back in the, in the game. And um, we, we, we expect more for, for, for sure uh, for this game but uh, in the end yeah we show good mentality and I think we improve a uh, little bit more each game um, as a team as a group and uh, I think we are going in the right way right now uh, this is the feeling the group have um, the team have and also the uh, the staff Thanks, Fred. We'll but to, to answer on your question, I think it's, it's only a coincidence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fred. We'll go to Jimena next. Jimena, go ahead. Fred, uh, thank you for your time. As a captain, what can you do to help the team better the short passing game? Say again, I didn't hear what you said in the end. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, as a captain, what can you do to help the team better the short passing game? Uh, you know, uh, we need points right now. So the task is not very, very uh, tough for me. Uh, I tried to help the team and we know as a team what we need. We need points um, to get the playoff. So we have to show every game. And now this game is, uh, is finished. Is a pass. Now we have we have we have focused on the, on the next game against Nashville. We have to um, turn our mind directly because you know game is going quickly. It's coming quickly. So no, it's not it's not very easy for me to uh, to talk with uh, with my teammates because we are in the same way and we are like we I said before we have a very good character uh, in this team, uh, good fighting spirit, and we know exactly what we want. And now it's not enough. But it's like that. This is the situation right now. So, like I said, we improve each game. Uh, we get we're getting better, but we need points. So my, my task is is not so so complicated right now. 
Thanks, Fred. We'll go to Emily Olson next. Emily, go ahead. Hey, Fred, it's been a while since you guys have scored as early as you did in today's game. Uh, how how does that affect the energy uh, of a game to score within the first five, six minutes? Yeah, this is what I, I was thinking when we when we scored the goal. Um, it was a good feeling because we were well organized. Um, when we had the ball, we were very good. Uh, the counter-attack counter was very good. The run behind also, I think it was the reward. And um, this goal was very good. The pressure uh, Ola did um, and his score in the end was, was perfect. So it's, it's a good, very good feeling to start the game like, like that. It's easier to start the game with a, with a goal for us than against, you know. And um, yeah, in the end, we finished the half, you know, with the, with the draw. But um, yeah, it's always a good feeling to start with a goal for us. And uh, especially this, um, the way we, uh, we, we scored the goal. And I'm very happy for Ola because, uh, you know, um, there is new striker coming right now with uh, Rivas and uh, we saw today the new striker. And uh, it's always tough, you know, to, uh, to get a new striker in the team for the, for the striker. And uh, I think is the, the reward for him because he's a, he's a hard worker and uh, he tried to help the team. Sometimes he runs without the ball, and this kind of run um, helps the team. So it's not only when he gets the ball, it's also when we, he runs for, for the team. Even if he didn't receive the, receive the ball, he's, um, he's a hard worker. So I'm very happy for him. And, uh, and today I'm happy for also the team, for Griff, for the guys who, uh, who, who came in, because it was a big difference when, when the guys came in. Uh, all the guys, people was fantastic today. He has the ball. Um, um, grief was was good. More was good. You know, I think this is the way we have to um, to compete all the time as a group. We we have some injury right now, and all the players who are there try to fight and try to to get uh, uh, their post and also uh, get uh, do doing the best for for the team. So I think we are in the good way. I hope. And um, we're going to do our best to, uh, to get points and uh, get the playoff. Thanks, Fred. There's well, no other questions. Really. Long, long and swear. <laughs> Maybe I was, uh, <laughs> was far from the question, but yeah. You're good, Fred. No worries. Thank you. There's no more questions, so I appreciate your time. That's DC United's uh, current captain, Frederick Briant, at the mic. And we're, we'll be hearing from Griffin Yao here in, in just a few moments. But, you know, Fred referenced it, and we do need to talk a bit about it. Um, the team gave up two goals tonight. Neither one was was well defended at all. The first one, I, I think we all kind of made the joke. I don't want to see Donovan Pines go airborne defending ever again. That was not. <laughs> yeah. he, he tried to make a good play, and it, it, it really blew up in our face there. It, was an, it turned into an easy goal, and um, it probably could have been a corner kick that was conceded, and, and, and maybe we're talking about a different result here. So that that's frustrating, but obviously, as, as Ben alluded to, um, these young guys are going to take their lumps sometimes, and, and, and that's how you learn to get better. Yeah, you could see, and I can almost see it coming back to Fred's mind during those questions, but you could see it immediately after the goal that he was frustrated with that. I mean, I mean it yeah. must be hard uh he's used to i mean for the time he's been here he's been used to burn bomb and pines has been in and out and and more in recently but uh he's still shown moments like that where it's just like a little raw like you you shouldn't do that but uh, that'll go away with time well, and, the, and the thing i'll give donovan because i said it to you guys during the game that was a bad play and the rest of his game tonight was was where it's been for the last yeah. few weeks right i mean it, it did not bother him in the least that he made that critical mistake and he just picked up where he left off and, and had largely a pretty decent game yeah no he went toe-to-toe -to -toe yeah. with josie later and then stopped the goal there and then he gets that i mean he looked like he was playing twister when he stepped in as well as as well as shot and, and remember out. twister <laughs> Could you imagine that game in the world of COVID? Right right oh my goodness! Really impossible. <laughs> about to go bankrupt. Um, no, and I think it's a good point that he is still a young player who's finding his spot in the team, right? He's like five years older than the quote-unquote young players, the group that we're talking about yeah. right now. Um, and he's also, you know, he's been with the team for a couple of years. Obviously, injury kept him out of mm -hmm. even being on the bench for a while there. Um, so I feel like I, I expect a little more from him because he he is a more veteran i guess than like yao and paredes and yeah. um uh, moses are but he, he is still finding his groove and figuring it out and i mean you're completely right i think he made that 
massive mistake and it's not to he definitely made other mistakes throughout the game but it he didn't let it affect him he definitely brushed yeah. it off and like made very a lot of key plays he looks comfortable out there nowadays, yeah. and, and i'm sure that's a product of getting minutes getting minutes at this level consistently um it, it's interesting obviously he's getting a ton of minutes with fred and i think most east united fans even heck even last year looks we like were hoping we, got we were gonna the have the kid Griffin oh yeah Young. all right let's cut to the press conference uh that whole sequence um when you saw the ball come off uh, the Toronto defenders and was uh, drifting into your path. And also after you described that, just the, that uh, release of emotion down in the corner in front of us uh, after the scoring. Yeah, I think uh, first off, well, I was, I was told by the coaching staff, so props off to them to, you know, on that, on that wide ball to get in the box, even though we did switch, formations at the end and I was playing more of an outside back position I was still told to be in the box so as soon as I saw the ball approach I knew I would have to hit it in one for it to be a shot on target so it was left footed and it, it hit off my foot really well and uh yeah got got a got great contact on it so that was that was an amazing feeling honestly uh, uh quite like quite like the Betty school but I think this one felt a little bit better because it was in the dying moments and it was against a team who, you know, we kind of had a little bit of beef with last game and we really wanted to get a point out of this game. So I think that that release of emotions in the corner was, was partly because of that. Awesome, Griffin. Thanks, man. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hey, Griffin, congrats on the, the first MLS goal. Um, ben mentioned in, in his remarks that uh, you've grown a lot as a player this year. Uh, what do you think you've worked on the most that has panned out to getting more time in, in these uh, MLS games? Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's just really been uh, been confidence and been mindset because, uh, you know, last year was a bit of an integration year for me, trying to, you know, see where see what everything is like in the MLS, obviously my first year. And, and this year I've just been really trying to, you know, get back to playing the way I play, you know, whether that's with the youth national team or with the uh, – back when I was with the academy, I really just want to, you know, open up and, and play the way that, you know, I know I can play and and, uh, and play the way that that got me here, basically. So I think he's done a really, really good job in, you know, boosting my confidence and pushing me along. So, you know, I can't thank him enough for that. So definitely. Awesome. Thanks, Griffin. We'll go to Emily Olson next. Emily, go ahead. Griffin, it's uh, to score your first ML, your league goal uh, in an empty stadium must be a little weird. Uh, can you first kind of describe uh, I, Paul Ariola and the interaction when you saw him um, and right before the rest of the team kind of came in to celebrate? Yeah, I think honestly, me and Paul have been, you know, super, super tight from, from the very beginning. He's always been uh, someone who supported me and someone who's helped me out big time. So you know, after, after, I think he actually got to the corner flag, the corner of the stands before I even got there. And that was with a torn ACL. So that's, that's pretty impressive. I think he was pretty excited as well. So to see him, it just, to see him match my energy and to see that he was super excited as well. I mean, it was, it was a great moment. Awesome. Thanks Griffin. We'll go to Wilson Tarpe Jr. Next Wilson, go ahead. Uh, hey Griffin, congrats again on the goal. Um, can you speak to the fearlessness? It seems that all of you and your peers play with, uh, seems like when you guys come in, just the energy's crazy. And um, again, just to the fearlessness that it seems you guys play with. Yeah, I think like I just kind of spoke on the confidence that, you know, we all kind of, we all want to come in and, and not, not let the level drop at all. And not only let the level drop or stay the same, but we want to push it higher. That's, that's kind of what you know, being a sub is supposed to do, you're supposed to come in and raise the game. So I think, especially for the youngsters, you know, we've all, we've all talked, we've all chatted, you know, and we know that when you get into that game, the very first thing that you need to bring is energy that, that cannot be matched because that, that needs to be the very first thing. And then, you know, you can start to focus on the skill side of things and the, and the, you know, the other technical sides of the game, but the very first thing you need is energy and work. So I think that's, that's kind of when you see us come into the game and we're just flying around. That's, that's what's going on. Thanks, Griff. We'll go to Jimena next. Jimena, go ahead. Griffin, congratulations. What are you going to do to remember your first MLS goal? Are you going to get a picture frame, hold on to the cleats or something special? 
I think I'll hold on to this moment. I think I'll, I'll cherish this moment and, and I'll take, you know, because it has been a grind. It has been a lot of work and it has been a lot of, you know, emotional hours to get to this point. So I think I'll really just remember this feeling and cherish this feeling and know that, you know, my work in the future will, will pay off. Awesome, Griffin. I don't see any more questions, man. So thanks for the time and congrats once again. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. Well, guys, we've talked a lot over the past couple of shows about having a young team with a lot of homegrowns, with a lot of you know promise. And for the last few weeks, the results haven't been there. But boy, on a night like tonight, you know, hearing Coach Olson talk a lot about the homegrowns and and of course the the moment for Griffin Yao, I think this is this is what we're all excited about deep down, and to see it you know come to fruition tonight. Obviously, there's only a point, um, but. Man, it's so exciting to hear from Griffin in a moment he, like that. He was really feeling himself. He felt so confident. I think he spoke really well. I think he had really great answers. Um, the, the adrenaline so, still hasn't gone down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Might be a while. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I said it before, but I just loved hearing him talk about that moment with Paul. It was really cute that he like felt that energy from it. Um, and he was worried about the ACL too. By yeah. the way, it wasn't just me. <laughs> no, I think I think he was worried about Paul out running. <laughs> um. But I think it's great that Paul is taking an interest in the young guys on the team, right? And we've talked a little bit about it in the past. Um, Paul just signed a new deal. Obviously, he's very committed to this team, and you can see that passion. Um, so I, I just – I mean, that almost made me more excited for him to come back because he's just going to, like, tear yeah. it up on the field. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%, Sam. I mean, that, that's one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about with Paul, and especially when the video went viral after the, the win over the Red Bulls. Um, I, I am convinced that Paul loves DC United oh, and just absolutely. seeing moments like this. I yeah. mean, those are the guys you want on your team, you know, the yeah. heart and soul. And, and we've talked too about like, who do you need out there, you know, to, to really lead on the field. And, and, you know, that, that, that could be a Paul Areola, you know, just the perfect role for it. Yeah. Um, but I teased it. I teased it before we went to the player interviews. Um, we we got to talk about the striker situation here. Uh, so obviously, Ola Kamara, a, a big goal tonight, and I think a, a much needed goal for him tonight, just just from a confidence perspective. Yeah. Um, so that was huge, and it was early, fifth minute. Um, but DC United uh, today announced the signing of Jordi Reyna uh, from the v- Vancouver Whitecaps on 400k uh, of 2021 GAM. So we're we're spending future Garber bucks for player. <laughs> I, look, whatever. Yeah. Um, DC United it's obviously all the fake trading rules. <laughs> yeah, uh, the club holds the option for 2021. Uh, we talked last show about trading away an international spot. Well, we got one back in this deal so that he can uh, sit in it. And, of course, if uh, D.C. retain him or trade him or transfer him on, uh, Vancouver will receive some considerations from that. But uh, we've got Rivas, who started again tonight. We've got Kamara that scored tonight. And uh, we still had minutes for Sorga tonight, who obviously made a name for himself against the Red Bulls. So it's all of a sudden a fascinating striker situation for D.C. United. Yeah, and I feel like I I tweeted out from the the show account that he's only 18 away from my prediction of 20 goals this year. Obviously, we we know that's not going to happen, but... It was so good to see him get that one from the run of play. He, he created it him, himself. Uh, he, he steps to Omar Gonzalez, who who has lost a step uh, over the years, but and, and then he finishes it himself. And, and Westberg gets a hand on it, but it it was put away. And we've seen Ola in position uh, a couple uh, times, a couple times. And I was worried because <laughs> the I last two or three times, but it, but he puts it away, puts enough on it that that Westberg's hand doesn't do enough to to keep it out of the post, and it goes in. Super good for him. I, I don't think – DC United gave him the man of the match, and we'll get to ours later, but I don't think he was that great. I don't I don't think he was the best player on the field for DC United. Rivas, I like the things he does, uh, but I don't I don't think he's it either. He's a lot better than I thought he would be. Looking at his resume and the product on the field, it's a little bit of difference there. Yeah, I, I don't know if Rivas is going to be that like big-time number nine for DC United, but he's, he's comfortable on the ball. He gets in the right positions, and, and I, I think he's he, if he can get a, a couple shots in a game, I, I, I think it's it's going to be exciting to see he, what He happens. got a few today, but they just weren't on target. Yeah, so just speaking generally, I think that uh, like pretty obviously that our striker is our most worrisome spot, right? So I think having so much competition for that spot is only going to help this team, and it's only Absolutely. going to help the goals that come in. Um, hopefully many, many more. You know, we're kind of opening the floodgates, but I, I I think that 
just them fighting and competing for minutes you know obviously Ben is willing to switch it up based on what he sees like that week during practice he's been very open about how much stake he puts into what he sees in practice so I think if they're pushing each other and then they're getting better and then DC United is uh, winning from that you know we're definitely like seeing the fruits of that labor so I think it's it's promising I think I'd love to see depth in some of the other positions it's especially seeing Abu go down like it it's startling that we have so well, many people in this position and then we have, I mean, it's all due to injury, obviously mostly due exactly to injury, but um, of all the positions on the field, I'm like thankful that we do have that competition in striker right now, because I know that we have other very key strong players who are coming back into some of the positions that are right at this moment, lacking depth. I, I hope well, we didn't mention just now, but I hope Sorger continues to get a shot. He keeps, keeps yeah. coming on and creating things. Uh, I, I thought he, I, he didn't, he didn't miss a winner by much there at the end. Uh, I mean, that was a, that was a great shot in, in, in very little space and, and also just minimal minutes. Right. I mean, and, and, and this kid is, is continuing to, to bring a spark off the bench. So um, as excited as I am to have more competition around that, that space, like that's, yeah, that's a guy that I hope continues to, to get opportunities. I agree with you there for sure. But I guess we should talk about the negatives. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll start a new segment on the show, John's Doghouse, where I'm, I'm putting a player <laughs> I'm frustrated with. It's Yamil Asad every single week. Well, it is. And, and, and you know, long-time listeners are going to know that I've been frustrated with Yamil all season long. And I just – I don't know what happened to Yamil. I, I don't know if he it was – He didn't play for a year. Well, you're right. We know he didn't play for a year. and. And I, I'm going to try to talk, uh, you know, this, this week at some media availability, see, see if we can get Coach Olson's thoughts. I, he just seems so unpolished out there. And, and I don't remember that being oh, no, a, a key is... trait of him when he was with us, you know, before uh, in, in 2018. This is not the, the Atlanta Assad that we got and, and the right. Assad that we saw score at Audi Field to open it or be the first goal for DC United yeah. at Audi Field. It's, it's a very different Yamil. Um, and I guess it's that time off. I, I don't know when, when he left and TT came, it felt almost similar like th- those players. Yeah. But now looking back, I so wish we had TT still. Yeah. Cause he, he, he and I think we were disappointed in TT at the end of last season. Like we weren't, we weren't uh, no, no, clamoring to resign him. Right. It was this is a step down for sure. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I just, some of the things Jamil does out there, I, 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 I continue to get just beside myself. You know, I, I think, Olsen, very fair point tonight of, of Kevin deserved some time off to not start. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I'd love to see Emil take a seat on the bench midweek and, yeah. and, and bring Paredes back in. It, it's just it's it's not working right now. Yeah, I, I, you bring up a good point. I, I, I don't know what he's doing out there. Uh, I, looked, I'm, I look to the opposite side of the field. If I, if I see a problem, I look to the opposite side, see what's happening there, and then compare. If I look to the right, and Gressel is there. And Gressel's not going to get in behind or, or replayers, but he's providing service. That's what he's doing. Yep. Assad is doing neither right now. It feels it, like he's in the way a lot of the time. I, I'd say that he gets the ball, and, and then we end up losing the ball. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and he almost scored tonight. You know, to, to, to say all these things that I'm frustrated about, he did almost score, uh, but then he had an absolute howl. Also, almost broke my window. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just – yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear, you know, listeners' thoughts on this. I, maybe maybe you guys are seeing something with you, Mill, that, that we're not. I mean, obviously, the guy was out of the game for a while, and, and that's tough. But it's even in a weird 2020 year. It is now September. This is now probably – are we in double-digit games yet? We're close. Um, so, anyways, if, if you're out there, you're listening, uh, let us know in the chat or uh, call the show at 202-892-6328. That's 202-8926-DCU. You can call or text – um, and of course, continue to send us your thoughts using the hashtag tried and true DCU. So I wonder, uh, I'm going to pose the question back to you all. Do you think it's this, this very defensive system that we're playing in? We heard from Emil and he said that it was very hard to play in this system and it was something that he wanted to see change so we could get more offensive yeah. opportunities. So do you think that you could chalk a little bit of his play up to our system in the way we've been doing so far this year? Or do you I, think it's more I, than I that? I think... You could he could make that argument when he first came here. We play very differently than Atlanta played when they won the title, and they they changed play styles like four times, and we probably have as well. But we've always been a bit more defensive team, and he did fine the first time. Like he wasn't lights out, but he wasn't this uh, before. Yeah, I, I think you could easily make that argument after the you know, New York City game, right? When when and that was we heard from you right after that game. Um, 
hundred percent. That's frustrating, and 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 a player in his position is really not set up to succeed attacking wise in in a system like that. But not tonight. He he spent a lot of time on the ball tonight, even, um, and, and it, it largely resulted in giveaways and and uh, you know shots into the upper deck. Uh, to, to, let's step outside the doghouse. I, I want to give a shout to <laughs> and look. I heard it pronounced like four times on the broad, four different ways on the broadcast. So if you know, we're gonna get clarity. Phonetically, on this. put it in the chat if you like one hundred percent sure because I've heard it so many ways. I'm just gonna go C O A. The the man who started at nice. right right back. <laughs> for so us we're tonight. talking about yeah, Chris. Adoyechim, I would say Adoyechim, right? Adoyechim? Yeah, I've always called him Chris Adoyechim. Adoyechim, thank you. Because I was thinking about it, I like couldn't think about how to do it. We are going to get clarity on yeah. this this week. Um, <laughs> I thought he was brilliant right back. He made some runs today, and I, and I don't know if that's because he was playing with someone that wasn't Yamil Assad on the wing, but yeah. he, he made some overlapping runs, and he cut inside, and he had a, a, a cross that almost – gets past the center back and finds a Camaro open on the, on the back post. I was really, really impressed with what I saw. And, and we, we talked about this beforehand, like clearly Ben Olsen sees something in him. We just hadn't seen it in a game. And, and I felt like tonight was the first time I really saw COA do well. Yeah. I, I was super impressed with him. Um, I think one of the other things that, you know, I, I not to go back into the doghouse, but we were talking about Assad and, and I'm just, I'm skimming through the notes we took during the game. We do, and Sam, you got a lot of interactions on, on Twitter about this. We got to talk about the VAR decision after Yamil got elbowed in the face. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah, so I just just kind of breaking it down, you know, live. It was either Dave or Devin, I don't remember, but, but one of them shouted it pretty immediately. It was like, he. it appears that he got elbowed in the face. He was down for a little while. They stopped play. Toronto actually kicked it out. Um, it was it was a little bit of a delay before we went to the monitor. It was a long review at the monitor. Um they they issued a yellow card as a result, which sounds like that's because they reviewed it for a red, deemed it wasn't a red, but it was a yellow because obviously you can't go. Which is my understanding. Yeah, you can't review for a yellow card, but if you're looking at a red card situation and deem it was a yellow card, then you can give the yellow. But honestly, I don't understand how that is this situation because my understanding of the rules also is that basically anytime you touch the face, it's a red card. And I put it on Twitter, I think back to when um, Wayne Rooney got that red card because basically his like he was taking a shot or whatever and his like backhand giving himself, you know, form in taking the shot just grazed someone's cheek or whatever and he got a red card for that. And it was because he touched the face and that's completely inexcusable. So to me, in reviewing that, it either needed to be a red card or nothing. Because if you're giving a yellow, you're acknowledging the fact that he hit Assad in the face, in which it just automatically should have been a red card. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. Maybe they saw that. Uh, look, he wasn't trying to catch Assad in the face. I, th- I think he was trying to create space with his arm there. And so maybe it wasn't as malicious as the ref wanted it to be to be a red card. Uh, I don't know. I mean... If Sam's interpretation is correct, which I believe it is, if you make any contact with the with the head area, it's a red card. Yeah. It, the, the, the laws just don't allow for the ref to to make that interpretation. Like if he if he says that there's contact, it's a red card. It doesn't have a decision of intent. That, right? That's that, my that, point. That's how it yeah. should have played out. I was surprised. Um, I'm also not terribly confident when DC United historically right. is a Do man we up, score so the second goal? I, I don't know that the end result would have been much different. Um, also, Russell Knauss just tweeted a, a, an incredible picture of, of Griffin Yao. We'll, we'll retweet it out here of him after he scored the goal just oh, on cloud it. nine. <laughs> um, so that's that's a moment he will never forget. So back to this red card. <laughs> so it sounds like you all think it might probably should have been a red card, but you're unsure. It was a red for me. About for sure. whether or not. Yeah, it, it should have been. I, we would have taken I, advantage I of it. I feel like it would have been like, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He was just trying to make a play on the ball. And oh yeah, I don't. So think, he, he wasn't trying yeah. to hurt Assad or anything. Yeah. If if he would only got a yellow, and if he was, if there was like the malicious intent there, uh, it would have been absurd. But so yeah, someone's pointing out it would be interesting to see um, the match report, like what actually the yellow card was given for, because they have to report like which law was violated to be given to yeah. give out the yellow card. So I think it would be very interesting to see what the reasoning behind that yellow card is. Yeah, and, and the league could always come back midweek and, and, and you know make a determination like we saw happen um, with Felipe earlier this year. Um, That's another point. Sorry, just another point in the chat is basically saying that um, 
even if it wasn't intentional, you need to have control of your body. That's you know, right. paraphrasing this, but you're you're an athlete and you need to know where your arm is and have an idea of where the other player is. And you can't just be throwing your arm back like that. It doesn't matter if you meant to hit him in the face or not. Yeah. yeah. So so zooming out a little bit, we have a question on YouTube from Carlos. How, how did we feel about the four four two formation tonight? Uh, it feels like DC United of old. I I liked the three center backs that we were running for a while, uh, but it wasn't necessarily getting the results. And so sometimes you have to change it. So I, yeah. I, I think that's where I, I'm going to stand on this. I liked the, the three in the back, the five in the back that we were running. Uh, I follow another team that, that runs three in the back all the time. And I think it can be a good formation. And we saw the spurts of that with DC United, but I don't think we have all the personnel to really run with that. You need to have three good center backs for that. And we were putting Mora, who's not really a center back, yeah, I, that was exactly where I was going to go with that. Right? Is I would love to see the three back, uh, you know, come out again when when uh, Steve Birdbomb as I'm blanking here, <laughs> and when Stevens healthy so again, long. right? And, and you can play three proper center backs because I think Moore was set up to, to fail in that, and, and he did well enough, but he's not a proper center back. Alternatively, we played a couple games with five in the back, and I thought that was really interesting because when you put someone like Russell outside, um, he obviously can provide that defensive support, but he will go forward and get in that attacking. Yeah. So you almost shift oh, from yeah. five to yeah. three to five and back that's again. Well, yeah. That's, that's the, the the beauty of the the five or the three with two wing backs is that yeah. that, that – wing back can go up the field and it can shift and then you still have a four in the back with four defensive players uh but like we said we're, we're, we weren't getting that because it was like moro is one of the center backs and paredes is another so they shifts and we have like two kind of defensive players yeah. Yeah. but i think i could see it you know if like we're feeling really confident in pines and burnbaum comes back like maybe they do play kind of three in the back and yep. we have that shifting and i'd always love to see it on the sheet as a five in the back because you know that's kind of what they're defaulting to and I think it's DC United we're a very defensive team that's going to be the default but I mean I would love to see that happen if we kind of get all our pieces back uh, another aspect of the uh, the four four two is that Kamara wasn't on an island today and that was great uh, him and uh what does he want to be called Khan or or the story yeah it, there's a whole article uh, oh, yeah, um but <laughs> read this uh, for now, until we we read up on that story, uh, oh, they they didn't that. have the greatest interplay together, but but there was at least someone there for the play that wasn't. Well, yeah, and and, and to be fair, like, totally agreed. And Revox has been here for what a week, yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's only a matter of time before they they build more of that. But yeah, I, I think the four four two, yeah, it was DC United of old that 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 came to mind to me as well for for better or worse, right? But <laughs> um, yeah, it was exciting, and and I think it was. It, across the board good usage of the subs tonight i mean i think really the only sub that ben would not have wanted to make was um you know having to take a boo off because yeah. he was yeah. hurt i mean a boo was having another really good game um you know b- before that injury. yeah um uh, but but moses looked good you know coming in as well i'm i'm, I'm happy for for him getting some some quality minutes too was getting a little worried he almost gave away a pk there at, at one point but yeah yeah we were good <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, just to get back to the question of formation, I think Ben has been very transparent in all of the press conferences we've seen. And if you haven't, if you don't follow us on Twitter, I'd encourage you to do so because we live tweet, um, the pregame press conferences are usually two days before the games. We live tweet highlights from those. And he's very transparent in the fact that the lineup is being dictated by who's available right now. Um, and that that's hard, but I, I like it better than if he stuck to a plan and tried to fit players into a plan that didn't work right? right like we saw that a little bit with New York City players were obviously frustrated with that and we've shifted out of that and it's been working for us we've been playing a lot better um but if he just tried to force all the players into his ideal lineup right if we didn't have any injuries right now like I don't think that would be pleasant to watch either yeah that's a good point yeah I we'll see uh, I, I hope it feels like it's a revolving door because we feel like we see people go down every single game. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, the other side of that revolving door starts to swing back, and we yeah. and we get some of these back, we yeah. get some of these guys coming back. Well, so. it feels like Burnbaum's been day to day for weeks now, so I'm I'm really hopeful that we can see him. Uh, he was off training, day. I think. What we saw, yeah, I, I, he's got to be close, and and that's going to be a huge boost, even just to give whether it's Fred at first because he's been playing all season, or or Donovan a break, you know, at first if we keep four in the back, right, and then you know you, you see what happens from there but i mean steven is, is a leader on the field he's worn the arm man for a yeah, while now so that that's leadership huge back. too and something we haven't even touched on which is shocking to me right now but bill was back that's where i was going up. next <laughs> too i know yeah so bill's back uh 
Yeah, and I, I think it was more of the same. I, I don't feel like he skipped a beat, even though we, our like, hearts probably skipped a beat when we saw him <laughs> missing so many games in a row. Yeah. Um, he's just like one of the best athletic goalkeepers in the league, and, and he showed that tonight to go by him, and I don't know if you can really blame him for either. I know Sam will try on the header. I think he, he, I think he almost got a hand to it. I would have liked to see him get a hand to it. I also think that the defense needed to do better. I'm not solely placing that on Bill's yeah. shoulders. I think everyone could have taken a step up. And but you, that you heard him talking in. on set pieces and we did not give up a set piece goal tonight. Right. I think we did not give up a set piece. goal. No, tonight, we right. didn't. Yeah. So, so, I mean, and you can hear him uh, on those set pieces yelling at people. I, I heard him yelling at Kamara like every single time. Yeah. Um, which who's on the other side of the field. Uh, so it's great to have him back, and I, oh, man, yeah. he's a bright spot for DCU. I hope he never leaves. Yeah, no, yeah. that was when I said that in the moment. That was not by any means me placing the blame directly on Bill's shoulders. It was just me wishing everyone had stepped it up because I feel like that goal was very uh, preventable. I think obviously yeah. Dino, uh Pines, the goal that he gave up was very preventable, but honestly, like that solely rested on Pine's shoulders, right? Like once he made that mistake, there wasn't a whole lot anyone could do around him to rectify it because it was right in front of the goal. Um, but for that second goal, I think everybody could have stepped up and had any one of the players really in the box or when it was being sent in, just stuck in attack a little harder, or put their body in a little bit of a different position, then it wouldn't have been a goal. Agreed. And, and I think with that, we've we've actually talked about literally every position uh, <laughs> on the field tonight. It, it, listen, we've got to award man of the match. Um, who wants to go first? Oh, I'll go first because I feel like it's going to be the same name every time. Uh, it's got to be Griffin Yao. He came on uh, at the half, and, and and you heard it in the press conference, but he played a number of different positions. He came on for Abu, who was playing center mid in, in the – Four four two, but they probably weren't even in that formation because yeah. it seems very fluid. But we were surprised it wasn't Kevin coming in, right? Because we felt like he probably. Well, I think it. the Kevin was because he's he's gotten a lot of minutes. Yeah, I'm Olsen's. just saying that. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's surprised that that Yao was coming in, uh, especially for a position that we're not sure he can play. Uh, but I think also actually would have expected because uh, Yao came on at half, right? For, right. Yeah. For, for yeah, I would have expected Nyman to be the the count. Yeah, I think I think Ben used the versatility of Gressel, pushed him inside him, and, and put. Yeah, on the, on the wing there, but it, it looked really good. He took his chances, two shots on target, especially since he was playing right wing back for for a lot of that. Uh, great shot, and, and man, that is a special strike that we just saw to to get us a point against. And I love that he like went in with it or went along with this whole Toronto B thing. I, I like it. <laughs> uh, he's my man of the match tonight. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that, and I'm very against just giving man of the match to the person who scored the last goal right or who scored any goal but I think that he did the work off the field I think he was doing defensive work I think he created a lot of opportunities um there were a lot of runs and plays we saw that we were like who wait that was yeah good for him yeah. like he had a lot of really special moments in that game and I'm, I'm glad that he was able to capitalize on the whole feeling of the game with that goal and it, it was a phenomenal goal um it was really well struck um I love that he gave props to the coaching staff to like kind of tell him where to be. I thought yeah. that was great. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely as my man of the match. I, I thought that was nice to hear too, just because the DC United's coaching staff takes a lot of heat from the fan base. And so it, it was, it, to me, it was kind of cool to just hear yeah. like, Hey, this is very directly before I came on in this game, I was told to do that thing. And, and, and it led know, to a he goal. made the play, right. of course, but um, yeah, no, it, it's gotta be Griffin. Yeah. Uh, for me as well. But you guys broke it down very well. He, he was one of two players that I was super, super excited about tonight. The other one Joshua talked a lot about was uh, Chris Aduyajim, who I, I thought made a number of, of, of impressive plays. So he it would have been Chris until about the 88th minute of that game. And, and then, you know, Griffin pushed yeah. himself across Chris, the line. Chris did have a lot of great – I'm thinking about one specifically when he, like, took the ball up the line and then cut in the middle, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I, I loved seeing that from him. You love seeing him get more minutes after being out for so long. Um, and I think that's a really good shout, John. Yeah, oh, thanks. And I think the team, you know, just as a whole. I mean, Griffin had had some similar, really comfortable touches, you know, right on the right on the end line in the attacking third, and and even into the box too. Um, and then, of course, you know, setting up potentially a winner for for Sorga as well. So I, I just think across the board, this team looks more comfortable. And I said, you know, kind of to open the show, like. I think this team is really making meaningful progress now. Yeah. And and on top of just how decimated they are with injuries, that's a good place to be. 
yeah, you don't need to be good in MLS till the end of the season. And we have basically half a season left to go. And, and all I jokes think... about the playoffs, right? <laughs> Almost everybody gets in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is not where we want to see this team end by any means. I think there's so much progress to the go forward high. on. Yeah. It, but it, I think we have, you're right, Justify, like we have made strides in our past like three games you know we started pretty low we've made significant strides forward each game so i would hope that we continue making those strides forward and just explode in this league and really hit our stride towards the end of the season i I think we got to hope for it i I don't want to rain on the parades but we are 13th in the east with this result but we're tied on goal differential with with 12th and 11th and and as john kind of mentioned you get the 10th spot you're in the playoffs and and gosh knows if we can get all our players back then something can happen you're right sam we could be in a lot worse shape with what's happened to the circumstances of this team i don't mind watching games like this it's disappointing when we give up two goals at home but at least there is the things to build off Uh, diamond plays yao plays paredes plays uh, and different strikers are getting chances it's a it's a positive I want to end the podcast like this because this is the positive note. This is what we're looking forward in the future. Yeah, I mean, there's there and there's two games left in in what I'm calling leg four of MLS <laughs> 2020. We don't know what leg five looks like just yet. We know that there should be a, a a significant chunk of games compared to the the previous legs we've released. But um, yeah, I mean, there's and there's two very winnable games left, right? I mean, Nashville is is an expansion club. Like they they've they've had their ups and downs. They're dangerous, but that's a winnable game. And and then New England. Uh, is is a team that you know we've seen twice this year already, and it it, it feels like we really we really owe them uh, one. So I, I think both <laughs> of those games are winnable for DC United, or at least points are points are going to be for the taking. Um, and, and we'll see we'll see who we get in in the final stretch. Obviously, I said to you guys earlier, I hope Miami's back on the schedule this year, just so we can see the the Iguains go at it. <laughs> Keep a little. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So looking around the league. Um, Sam, you, you noted here, and I actually think I might have – no, I did not miss this this week, but you've probably got more details. Um, the Black Players Coalition uh, in, in working with the MLS to exercise the right to vote. Yeah. Um, the I, I wasn't super clear reading it, whether it's just like the MLS headquarters offices or all the, the clubs' offices, uh, but essentially at least the MLS like headquarters and any of their kind of um, periphery offices are going to be shut on November 3rd to allow for their employees to vote and volunteer um, at the poll if they want to, which is awesome. And, um, you know, it had a list of things that specific teams were were doing to help educate um, about how to get registered to vote, um, to encourage people to get out there and vote. Um, DC United was not on that list yet, but it did specifically say that there were still teams like figuring out the exact efforts that they wanted to do. Um, I haven't checked. This was announced like I think midweek, uh, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. I uh, admittedly haven't checked back to see if DC United has announced what they've been doing, um, but I am excited for that announcement if it hasn't come out yet. And I'm excited to educate myself if I missed it. Um, but I just think it was worth noting um, that they worked with the Black Players for Change um, and they're making strides and you know, really trying to educate. And obviously we know that um, people of color have a harder time voting. Um, there's a long history of voter suppression in this country, and it's yeah. not necessarily just in the hist- in the past. Um, we definitely still see it today. So it's great that MLS is just trying to make that change and working with players and listening to where they wanted efforts to be directed and then directing those efforts there to actually be positive within uh, the communities that MLS is involved in. Yeah, important stuff, and and obviously I, I don't recall if if the date was empty when the original schedule came out so long ago for the season. But with leg five yet to be announced, you know that that gives gives the league a very deliberate opportunity to not have games that day, right? Yeah, and, and, and just really you know allow for for that day to be reserved for voting. Um, another important uh, initiative, obviously, Dave, Devin, and, and Claudia were. We're rocking it today during the game, but kick childhood cancer, which Sammy tweeted about earlier in the week, but using the hashtag, yeah, look at that on the, on the throwback Mullins uh, shirt, (laughs) Um, but using the hashtag kick childhood could cancer and, and uh, you know, providing a message of hope. It's, is it continental tire that's, that's donating a certain amount of money per, per tweet, uh, which is just a really easy way. To I think so. I think, it, I think it's like $25 a tweet. It's, or significant. it's like a significant amount of money and it's very easy to just send a tweet out. Um, yeah. Would, like with a message of hope, just saying like, Hey, you got it. Like, you know, these messages are going to be read to children who are fighting cancer, which is just so horrific, right? You hate yeah. to hear that anyone's fighting cancer, but especially a kid. Um, this is 
like quite literally the easiest thing you can do to help them. Yeah. And, and while you're doing it, you know, if you're taking a moment while you're listening to the podcast, listen to us live to send out a tweet, um, please take a moment to also in the words of Joshua Morgan, smash the like button for our podcast <laughs> oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> as well as subscribe to us on, on YouTube, subscribe to us on, on your favorite podcatcher uh, and, 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 and tell your friends, right? I mean, this is, this is our way of, of decompressing after the game sometimes or, or uh, prolonging the celebration after a, hey. after a late goal. Um, but and, we also love hearing from everybody, right? Yeah, like this absolutely. is like a, a fan run podcast and we obviously talk about this just all the time because we're friends, but we love hearing the differing points of view coming in. Um, and I love, we've had such steady comments in both YouTube and Twitter. Um, and we try to address a lot of them. Um, we've gotten a lot of text messages. Um, and we've gotten to talk to a lot of people that we wouldn't have spoken to otherwise. And we've gotten to hear a lot of different opinions that we wouldn't have brought ourselves. So love that and keep it up. Yeah. And things are looking up for this team. It was hard for us the last couple shows to say that, but I, I firmly believe that, that, that we're moving in the right direction, at least this season and, and overall. And, you know, tonight we, we had the game on, you know, one of the other TVs loud and, and, and a bit of a heartbreaker. Oh, man. One nil loss tonight to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a good team. They're already in the playoffs and they kept a clean sheet for 80 minutes tonight. Um, but it's it's been a it's been a tough year for Loudon and and you know we've we've talked a bit about that on the show before about in in the year of coronavirus you know getting players to come in and play for Loudon has been a challenge but they're always fun to watch they were fun to watch again tonight defending and they can't escape the late red card so that's going to continue to plague them but they play again next Saturday uh, against Charleston away uh, the Spirit are back in action next Saturday against Chicago on the road. Uh, and, of course, as we mentioned, uh, D.C. United uh, play Nashville Wednesday night at 8.30. It's going to be a late night for us, but we'll be we'll be here doing the thing. Uh, so, so <laughs> Hope please you all listen. are here with us. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and definitely a good night to, to give our, our partners at Across the Pond uh, a little bit of business uh, using the promo code podcast for 5% off your order and uh you know get some great food uh they got they got the giants watch party tomorrow now that the nfl's back i can yeah. plug that too <laughs> we're gonna play better than we did on monday <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah across the pond you can eat in if you're comfortable with that they have both indoor and ample outdoor seating um if you're not comfortable with that totally understand you can go pick it up um you can get it delivered um that promo code works for everything so yeah joshua what do we miss just positive vibes. Uh, just just replay the Yal goal all week. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't even know if I heard the official it's in the net call because I was yelling oh, no. so yes. much. So we'll have to go back <laughs> and check it out. Hey, thanks for spending your uh, the waning hours of your Saturday night with us. And, uh, and we'll talk to you guys real soon on Wednesday for DC United versus Nashville. And we'll talk about how badly we wanted to be there this year for the uh, <laughs> what could be one of the best away days on the other side of COVID-19. It's been tried and true. The DC United Post Game Podcast presented by Heineken.